Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase, every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. From the American Museum of Natural History in New York City and beaming out across all of space and time, this is Star Talk, where science and pop culture collide. This is Star Talk. I'm your host, Neil deGrasse Tyson, your personal astrophysicist. Today, we're doing cosmic queries. Topic, the edge of space-time. The edge of the universe. Chuck. Hey, Neil. You're going to join me there? I am. But I'm we can't do it alone. And that shirt. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, whether you're watching or listening, that I wear cosmically colorful clothing. Yes. But my shirt I'm wearing today is particularly cosmically colorful. Yes. It's in your face. It's smack down. It's... Well, you're going to have to go to Patreon, or maybe we'll take a picture of it, and you'll have to see it on our website, or maybe you'll see it on YouTube, but you got to see this shirt. It's, Seriously. It's some pretty lovely celestial bodies going on there. We have Jan Eleven to help us. Yay! Jan, Professor of Physics, here. Barnard College, Columbia <laughs> University. Welcome back. I love being here. We needed you Great. for this topic. <laughs> Because my knowledge of cosmology is little, and yours is big. <laughs> not not as big as, as the, the universe, universe itself. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> so anytime we 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 do a cosmic queries, right? We, we bring her in. We, I we, love we, it. We bring in the big guns. This is antenna <laughs> is the big guns, man. right? Right. Yeah, oh, right. Good stuff. <laughs> so what do you have? So we got cosmic queries as we, mm-hmm. as we glean from all over the internet, and of course we always start with a Patreon patron because. But just a quick sec, you just so. Your book, Black Hole Blues. Yeah. That's still out there. <laughs> yeah, it's still out there. Okay, Chuck, we got to do it. Black, Black Hole, Hole Blues. Blues. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to learn a harmony to that. I can be like, <laughs> over here. <laughs> There's got to be a way when someone picks up the book, it says, I Black Hole, Hole Blues. <laughs> <laughs> Guaranteed more sales. Well, what if you just, every time you walk past it on the shelf? <laughs> oh, you just heard it. Yeah, that'd be so cool. Yeah. It's, hey, we with, put with it a little riff, shelf, with right a little right riff behind yeah. it. You know? <laughs> Black Hole Blues. <laughs> so that was about the discovery of, of gravitational waves. Yeah, so... Moving through the universe. Yeah, exactly. So right right before that succeeded, in the 50 years it took them before to Before we successfully measured it. Yeah, yeah. Ray Weiss, who's one of the original architects, just was shaking his head and saying, you know, if we don't detect black holes, this thing is a failure. Mm-hmm. So, like, the whole title was just kind of like, it's the Black Hole Blues. Sweet. <laughs> but then he detected it, so yeah. you got a new title? <laughs> yeah, the new the title black is called Jitterbug. Nobel Prize winner. <laughs> <laughs> black Hole Nobel Prize. <laughs> the Nobel um, Prize jig. He sat all the way to the bank on that one, yeah. Nice. <laughs> all right, so all right, good to hear so, it's still out um, there. Mm-hmm. Yes, thank you for that. Let's start off, uh, though, with a Patreon patron. Uh, this is Chris Hampton, who supports us on Patreon, who wants to know this. Could it be that the universe that we are in is actually finite? However, the universal structure is infinite via size and relativity. Uh, meaning the universal structure gets infinitely smaller and vice versa. Kind of like infinitely dividing in half. I imagine it would look something like a very complex fractal. Well, he's, he's going he's a lot of going. places. He's, he's wow. Right, Jen, take that however you I wanna, want to. I wanna, I'm going to write. And I have a question it. for Chris first. Yeah. Um, 
Is it sativa or indica? <laughs> sativa? <laughs> indica. Okay. If it, which is the one that he would have fallen asleep before making it to the end of the tweet? Uh, <laughs> not the sativa. I think that, I don't know. Is that I, the end? I, 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 I don't know. Okay, well, we just all revealed our, like. Yeah. When, I, when, I, when I actually used that substance, it was called weed. <laughs> they didn't put any other name right. on it. Right. Like, if you went easy to, your, to easy, easy to pronounce right. and remember. And that was it. Right. If, if, if you went to your dealer and you went, so now is this sativa or indica? He'd be like, man, what's wrong with you? <laughs> smoke it. Get the hell out of my, get out of my house. <laughs> Go smoke that and get out. Perfect. <laughs> Anyway, okay. so you want to take a shot at this? I'm into this, I'm into this. Okay. So uh, my first book is about whether or not the universe is infinite or finite. It's a question we don't know the answer In the to title of that book? Yet. Uh, how the universe got its spots. I remember that, yeah. So how the universe got its spots is about could we tell the shape and size of the universe by looking in the hot and cold spots in the Big Bang and the light left over from the Big Bang. But, but the question, let's just take it really theoretically. We absolutely do not know that the universe is infinite. And uh, it may well be that it's finite the way the Earth is finite. That, you know, we leave New York City, we travel in a straight line. It's, maybe we'd have to swim a little, get on a boat, but you travel in a straight line. You're going to come back to New York City again. Right. And so it could be that we... But you can travel forever. I was going to say, it's infinite in what you can travel and where you can travel. It's I infinite in you, ne you don't get to an edge. Right. You never sense. get to an edge, right. which is beautiful. So mm -hmm. exactly the same thing with the universe. You're not going to sail off the edge of the earth, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, Spanish explorers waved goodbye and <laughs> wondered, right, if they'd just go off the side. But no, we know that's not what happens. And so similarly, we could leave the Milky Way galaxy. We could watch it recede behind us. We could travel in as straight a line as possible and find ourselves coming back, back to the Milky Way again. Wow. You know, and it's it's so Planet of the Apes, right? It's like, damn you! Yes! <laughs> you finally did it! <laughs> yeah. Damn you all the Hell. Oh, that'd be so great. great. So my interpretation of that was that they went all the way around. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. And so the interesting thing is that also means that if you look at distant galaxies, mm -hmm. the light is also traveling all the way around the universe. So it could be that some of those distant galaxies are the Milky Way. And we're seeing the light from the Milky Way wrap all the way around and come back to us. So we'd be seeing the Milky Way in the past. Wow. So we'd, it would be hard to know. Like maybe we'd see an active black hole quasar with jets flying out in the early phases of the Milky Way and we'd think, oh, that's just a different galaxy. Oh, wow. Yeah, so we- Because galaxies, the, the young galaxies look very different from mature galaxies. Right. And we used to think that there were different kinds of objects in the outer universe, like quasars. Yeah. Why are they all distant? How come there's not a quasar right next door mm -hmm. with these monstrous nuclear emissions and we had to like figure out that it's it's likely just younger galaxies and maybe we used to look like a quasar and we don't anymore. Right. right. So even a distant galaxy looking back at us is seeing us in the past given the light travel time. So we could still look like a quasar to a distant galaxy. Wow. Like we're cool. I have right, this yeah. huge active galactic right. nucleus. Because they're not seeing us as we are now. No, they're not. They're seeing us as, as we, we were. were. Billions of wow. years ago. Yeah. Uh -huh. Oh my God. So you that's know what? the beauty I, we get I to see in the past. I need some of that sativa right now. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, and then yeah. it gets more because there are reasons that people start to suspect that there are extra spatial dimensions and that they are not only finite, but really technically really small. Like okay. that journey to go all the way around them 
is something that would would happen incredibly quickly, and it's too small for us to like literally stick our hands in that direction in some sense. So we we're looking everywhere. Those extra dimensions are everywhere, but we can't actually notice them. Wow. And so what does then it mean for a dimension to be smaller than another dimension? What does yeah. that even mean? So think of like a straw is yeah. a good example where it's a two-dimensional surface. Uh, you know but what the one... first straws were made of? Um, <laughs> I'm going to go with flax. No. Yeah, but... straw. 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 Yeah, yeah. Sure. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for getting that. Yeah, yeah, I knew okay. I could make that joke to him. <laughs> I knew it. Oh, God. Yeah, All right, go the ahead. The only reason I would, it's because flax and hair. Oh, yeah? Yeah, that's the only oh, the reason color. why yeah, I would flax, have yeah, the flax. connection between flax and straw. <laughs> yeah, flax um, and hair. Yeah. So, so, so a straw is small in one direction on the surface, right? If you, you think there's a direction in which it's totally wrapped up and small. And then there's a long direction. So straws are mostly long. They're mostly long. And you could glue the top end and the bottom end of a straw to make that long direction also finite. So then you dip your travel around the line. It could be really big. It could be, you know... The mile uh-huh. around, uh, but still be connected. But it's only a few millimeters around in this direction. In this other dimension. So around. literally the length of traveling before you come back to where you started is smaller. So most of how you use a straw does not access that other dimension. It's yeah. really the length, because you're trying to get the liquid from here to here. Yeah. With that, so right? yeah. most of your, you, you're using the long dimension yeah. of the straw. So in we then the question we start to ask is, what if the universe is a kind of, space-time origami when it's created in the Big Bang, that all the dimensions are wrapped up and maybe in very complicated ways, like the dimension of the straw being wrapped up, but one dimension just gets very, very big, or in our case, three. Gets three, very, three very dimensions. big We have three big dimensions. We have time, which is a fourth. So we, we know there's up, down, north, south, east, west. That's it. You specify those things and you definitely know where you are in space. You specify time and we can actually meet. Right, here we are. Um, but those extra directions just maybe didn't ever expand. And so one of the things even that I'll work on and string theorists will work on people is uh, why would only three dimensions get large if those other dimensions exist? Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it could be that uh, we'll understand the large connectedness, finite nature of space by looking in like really high energy uh, accelerator experiments, because people have asked at the Large Hadron Collider, could you perceive these extra dimensions if they exist? Okay. Wow, that, that I got to tell you. <laughs> okay. Chris. Uh, we're done with the show. Chris, <laughs> that was, that's, okay, and people will be, entire show we'll be back of, next yeah. week. We're just going to let you think about that. <laughs> we'll be that's back. a week's worth of that's mind a, blowing. That is. That right. is wow. a big start that was a big to start. Cosmic Queries. Wow, man. That, <laughs> yeah. That's a fascinating stuff. Just fascinating. All right, let's move on to um, Paul Love, who says, given that. Is that you, because you can pronounce his name? That's why we're going to him Let next. me tell you something. <laughs> I, as a matter of fact, I think I'm just going to call everybody Paul Love. That's a beautiful name. Exactly. Um, Paul says this, um, given that our universe expanded from a single point and is expanding in all directions, how does that not define the shape of the universe as spherical? Mm. Um, How could something flat or saddle shape come out of that? Mm. Mm. 
Oh, this is rare. Yeah, wow. <laughs> Look at that. All right. Take that, Jack. <laughs> well, uh, it is true if there is an explosion in space, it tends to have a kind of spherical cloud left over as debris. So when a star explodes, we will see often nebula, and they're, they, they're like sphere, often spherical-ish. Mm-hmm. Hey, beautiful, um, too. Beautiful nebula. Very, very beautiful. beautiful. And, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes they plow into stuff and it changes the shape. But, but basically, yeah, then you can point inside this debris, you point to where the center of the explosion was. Okay. So that's not how it works for the Big Bang. So for the Big Bang, you cannot imagine that the space exists first and that you're exploding into the space. Right. It is actually a creation of the space itself. Right. So everywhere in the universe Mm -hmm. was once at the center of the explosion. Exactly. There is no plowing out. It's as though, and you can think of it any shape you want. Make some crazy, you know, people like the balloon analogy. So now make some crazy balloon, twisted up crazy thing. And uh, a, a poodle. A poodle. Oh, nice. And a the balloon whole, poodle. A balloon poodle universe. <laughs> mm-hmm. And the whole thing stretches. Mm-hmm. And the whole thing was once a point. So every single point on that. Uh, surface part, and right. people it's, get tripped it's part up. Part of that fabric, if you want to call it. Yeah. So the center is everywhere. The, the center, center is, is everywhere. everywhere. We are at the we center are the of center. the Big Bang, as is every other point in space. Mm, finally, is at the center I'm of the Big Bang. The <laughs> but can I say? Can I say that? Diff- will you allow me to say it differently? Please. Can I say there is a center? Mm-hmm. The only way you can access it is to go back in time to the beginning of time. Well, you could say. Ooh. Okay. You oh man, say, talk about dimensions. So, 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 so <laughs> yeah, you can access wow. the center of all of this only at one, one point, point in this coordinate in, system exactly. and it's at mm-hmm. t equals zero. Mm-hmm. Right. I would say... Uh, and it's there. If, if timeline is just always yeah. there, there's the center. Yeah, if we're going to be really, um, you know, split space up in very fine-grained terms, this point was at the center back at t equals zero and this point was at the center back at t equals zero. They just were all closer together. together. Right. So the whole... So it's just the collapse of those points at t yeah. equals zero. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Yeah. But I like what you said though, which I think is what people have to really think. Yes. Yeah. The space itself mm-hmm. was created yes. right. at the second, not second, mm-hmm. the millisecond, microsecond, mm-hmm. whatever, mm-hmm. nanosecond. A bajillionth of a second. A bajillionth <laughs> yeah, of a second. Yeah. Yeah. That's an official fraction. Right. right. Yeah. right? Bajillion. The bajillionth think, of a second yeah. afterwards. That's yeah. That space was created then along with Everything else. I think that's like ten to the minus forty-three seconds. Yeah, that's which right. Which would be a trillion, a plank, trillion, a trillion, trillion, uh, trillion. Okay, <laughs> so you know, right then. So that I mean, that, if mm-hmm. you think of it that way, because what what you're thinking about is these distances between mm-hmm. the stuff that we see. Yeah. And we think they're empty, but they came mm-hmm. from that thing. Yeah, from the Big Bang. From the Big Bang. Yeah. So. Th- God. So another a reason why people Damn, get tripped man. up. Okay, uh, Chuck just blew a gas. I know, man. <laughs> <laughs> so crazy. Chuck, we just lost Chuck. I love it. <laughs> I would love if there was an actual steam effect. Like, Out of the ears. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So wow. yeah. Wow. Go ahead. So yeah, go here's ahead. where people get tripped up with the balloon analogy because it's flawed, right. as are all analogies. Is that a lot of people immediately want to point to the center of the balloon, right. the empty space inside? But you got to give up on that. All that exists is the skin of the balloon. Right, wait, that wait, is wait, all that exists. I'm okay with the center yeah. of the balloon because that's where the balloon was at t equals zero. Right, so you can think of it, good, I can only consider the center of the balloon as snapshots, like movie frames. Right. So it once was there, 
and then it was a movie frame over here. And right, then it but, was but, but the center of that balloon. same balloon is still now at the outer reaches of that yeah. balloon because it came from the center of the balloon. <laughs> right, so imagine, <laughs> so, imagine you painted dots all over the little infinitesimally small balloon. but They were glued to, you know, there's stains on the skin of the balloon. The dots themselves don't move. And then you push all that down, right. so all the dots are together, and then you pull them apart. In some sense, those are the galaxies that mm-hmm. came right. later. The galaxies aren't moving. Right. The stain on the balloon doesn't move. It's the the skin, the stretching between wow. the spots. So, in fact, nothing piles up the way it does when a supernova explodes. Everything actually just gets more and more diffuse as wow. the universe expands. Holy crap, man. Chuck, Chuck blew a gasket. <laughs> I got to say, man. This is, Chuck, I have to go home and eat This stuff is so, it's some good it's stuff. so light. All right, wild. next question. Wild, man. All right, that was that was great. Thanks, Paul. All right, here we go. Let's go to uh, Brendan Rico Suave. <laughs> you just grew with me, Brendan. Uh, okay. Uh, Brendan wants to know this. Um, I've recently heard of a new study that states the universe is thought to be in the shape of a loop, whereas previously it was thought to be flat. But in the explanation given, the nature of the loop shape states that it travels far enough in one direction that you'll end up back where you started, which is what we talked about earlier. My question is, wouldn't this happen regardless of actual shapes of the universe? Mm -hmm. Um, So his point is like, no matter what you shape it, would that happen? Yeah, and I think that uh, you can say... I think that we have to take a break. Oh! (laughs) (laughs) Wow. I should have seen that at the corner of my eye. (laughs) When we come back... Jan 11 is going to tell us, do we live in a loop universe or not on Star Talk? Whether you're a family vacation traveler, business tripper, or long weekend adventurer, Choice Hotels has a stay for any you. And that's good, because there are a lot of me's. Choice Hotels has over 7,400 locations and 22 brands, including Comfort Hotels, Radisson Hotels, and Cambria Hotels. Get the best value for your money when you book with Choice Hotels. Cambria Hotels feature locally inspired hotel bars with specialty cocktails and downtown locations in the center of it all. Hey, that's me. Radisson Hotels have flexible workspaces to get the most of your business travel and on-site restaurants. That's me, too. And at Comfort Hotels, you'll enjoy free hot breakfast with fresh waffles, great pools for the entire family, and spacious rooms. Hey, that's me, too. I guess I'm just going to have to stay at all of them. Choice Hotels has a stay for any of you. Book direct at choicehotels.com, where travel comes true. We're back. Cosmic Queries, Star Talk. Chuck Nice, my co host. Thank you. All right. Jan 11, friend, colleague up at Barnard in Columbia, mm-hmm. doing that physics thing. Cosmology. Someone's got to do it. Some, somebody's got to <laughs> blow people's cosmological minds. <laughs> and so, so tell us, mm-hmm. as the question had asked, do. Would the universe loop back on itself no matter its shape? Um, so, not necessarily. And how I do you mean, know it, what shape the universe is in the first place? Yeah, it's really, we don't ultimately know the shape. We know that we can see the distance light has been able to travel since the Big Bang because we can't see anything faster than the limit of the speed of light travel time. And um, 
And we know that the universe is expanding. So that's actually 92 billion light years across about that we can, that's what we call the observable universe. Mm -hmm. Now, it's possible that it's not 92 billion light years across that even within that uh, range that the universe has folded back onto itself in some way and we're actually seeing repeats of things. We're starting to see, it's kind of like a hall of mirrors thing. We're starting to see the light multiple times. How would you know? Yeah, I was going to say, how do you figure that out? It is very, very hard to figure out. So there have been extremely clever ideas and most of them If I get my telescope and look out and I see Chuck waving at me? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right, exactly. Right, when he was a little baby. (laughs) Um, You hear the one about the... So it's true, we're looking at ourselves in the past, which is very hard to distinguish. If, For instance, if we're looking at galaxies, that's very hard to do, but there are patterns in the hot and cold spots left over from the Big Bang if it fits into a specific shape. So imagine something just totally platonically beautiful and crazy that the universe is like a dodecahedron, all of whose faces are glued together. So it's like crazy origami. That thing is, I mean, there has so many loops. and Dodecahedron, 20-sided, triangles. Right, and that is conceivable, kind of what we call topology or connectedness of the space. Um, there, it would actually start to imprint that the the patterns of the dodecahedron in the light left over from the Big Bang. So if you imagine there's tiny little hot and cold spots that you would start to see in the distribution of the hot and cold spots. Um, that shape. That shape would be reflected mm-hmm. in, in a very subtle way. Really? Yeah. Wow. So w- the reason the... You don't mean reflected w- literally. You mean manifested. Manifested. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, so how the leopard got its spots is actually a very similar mathematical problem because you're asking about enzymes being high or low in the developing embryo, and it turns out that the shape and the size of the animal, and like whether it's tubular or when those spots are hitting it, that it will determine what kind of spots the animal gets. In so, an actual leopard. In, in an actual, actual leopard, zebra, mm-hmm. stripes. like These things are things you can predict by solving for the mathematics of, of things that are above a certain threshold or below a certain threshold that that pattern of stripes or spots will reflect the geometry And the, the Black Panther is a leopard. You knew that. Yes, I did know that. And the Black Panther has spots. Now that On I its didn't skin? know. It has spots. On and its skin. If you look very carefully, you can see the spots. Right. Oh, wow. Yeah. Amazing. Well, so yes. so mm-hmm. how the universe got its spots is a similar mathematical problem. We're solving for hot and cold spots in a particular geometry when the universe was like a developing embryo, basically. Mm-hmm. And this goes back to Alan Turing, who's, right. who, who solved some of these problems for the animal. But like a Black Panther, does the universe care about injustices to the black man? <laughs> <laughs> Apparently not, Chuck. Apparently not. <laughs> I mean, if this is or, any evidence, if this planet or Chuck, or is Chuck. any evidence, just to bring that into yeah, modern reference, right? Or does the universe have vibranium? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I'm just saying. Just well, okay. well, you know, we can hope that we're the bad example, and then elsewhere in the universe there are better examples. Nice. Well, well, well said. Well said. <laughs> All right, Chuck. What else you got? All right, here we go. This is Tim Braid who wants to know this. A uh, very recent study in the Astrophysical Journal found that galaxies may be rotating in sync with other galaxies millions of light years away. Galaxies separated by six megaparsecs uh, were found directly interacting with each other. What is your opinion on this? First of all, is that empirical? 
the, the fact that these galaxies were actually interacting with one another? I think that that study is probably still controversial and probably still requires Which other... probably wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll, I'll, try, I'll be your translator. <laughs> okay, go. Oh, I, don't I, don't, I can't That's say... That's an interesting like, study. <laughs> probably wrong. Yeah. It's um, controversial. Probably wrong. <laughs> I mean, these things can happen, but it just sounds not that likely. And so there will be a lot of people doing observations in different wave bands with different perspectives to try to break uh, any possibility that it's a quirk of this particular yeah. you know, observation. But six megaparsecs, you know, that's pretty far away. Yeah. And um, and so you would think that you would be dominated there by the expansion of the universe and not interactions. We definitely interact with other galaxies. That's not a big surprise. So, so Andromeda, ones, yeah. yeah, Andromeda's, we're falling, we're going to collide with Andromeda. That's a happy future. Like, imagine when Andromeda gets much closer, how cool the night sky is going to be. Hey, guys. Like, it's going to be like right there. Actually, You're going to like see a whole No, no, actually, it, it, won't be, it won't be as cool as you think. <laughs> I'll tell you at the end of your answer, though. <laughs> oh. It's not going to be as cool as you Because it's Is it coming in edge on? No, no, you can no, tell no. Me I'll tell you why on. in a minute. Okay. It's, it's, a very, <laughs> it's a disturbing reason why it's not going to be cool. Well, so now so, speaking of edge on, now you just, I'm sorry, because I'm, yeah. I'm a little all over the place, yeah. here, but I got to get this in before we move on. Yeah. So speaking of edge on, so if you're looking at something edge on, how do we flip it to get the imagery to know that we were looking at the disc from the edge? So we do that with our own Milky Way. We, we're in the Milky Way, so we're seeing the rest of the galaxy edge on. Right. We've never seen the Milky Way as from human beings from above. above, but we have these beautiful constructions because we just map things as accurately as we understand where they are also in space. Okay. So we just, we build an atlas of it, basically. You, okay. build, a, you build a numerical model based on all all of your observations of the Milky Way, the gas, the dust, the stars, everything, where the spirals are, where the gaps are, and then you just allow yourself to move in that digital world and look down from above. But it's an experiment. Yeah, so it's, a, it's, so a it's the modern experiment. version of map making because right. you yeah. make That's a map in three dimensions. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And once you, have a, once you have a map, you can go anywhere you want. Right. a three-dimensional map, you can go anywhere. Yeah, you can. And plus... Mm -hmm. We see all the gas and we're kind of flattened in the sky. Mm -hmm. And there are other galaxies out there that are flattened, and we can see them at all, not one galaxy at different angles, but a million galaxies all scattered in random angles. And right. so it's pretty easy to figure out what we look like mm -hmm. by looking at by others. Looking at yeah. adding, and, and, adding, yeah. right. and that's data. what we look like until we collide with Andromeda. But one of the things I took solace in, but I feel like Neil's about to no, make I'm, me very uncomfortable. To, sorry. But the whole solar system's supposed to stay together, right, and get knocked around. We should stay together. So we might end up in Andromeda. Uh, before we fully collide. Like, they could pass each other. Mm -hmm. They could collide, move through each other, and we yeah. could end up in Andromeda looking at the Milky Way. And um, the Milky Way, uh, we're going to leave a forward and address. <laughs> <laughs> but what will... So what will happen is there'll be a lot of sort of dissipated energy and the system... Well, they'll first pass through each other and back and forth. We've done this on a computer. Mm -hmm. And it's it's like a rubber band kind mm -hmm. of thing and it kind of it's dies like, down yeah. and it settles into one double large massive system. Okay, so what's the bad news? Okay. <laughs> So, I hate to break the news. That sounds to you. like good news to me. Okay. okay, yeah. So, if Andromeda were 100 times closer, mm -hmm. it wouldn't be any brighter on the sky. Hmm, interesting. Yeah. Okay, I'm, I'm li I've, you've lost. <laughs> yeah, you you <laughs> totally lost me. I'll there. tell you why. Okay. Yeah, tell me why. It's not obvious. Okay, I'm going to tell you. Yeah. You, I'm going to tell you. Okay. Can I yeah. tell you? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, Andromeda has a certain size on the sky. Correct. Right. Okay, it has a certain extent. Mm -hmm. And on a very dark night, mm -hmm. not in the city, but where the moon is not out, you can see this fuzzy thing in the sky. So that's in the Andromeda galaxy. It's two million light years away. Mm -hmm. All right. There's a certain amount of light coming from Andromeda 
in that patch on the sky. Right. So we we reference it's uh, something called a surface brightness. It is how bright is Andromeda over that patch of sky, over that surface patch mm -hmm. on the sky, surface brightness. Okay? okay. If we bring it half as far away, okay, okay, make it only half as far, it is how many times brighter? It's, it should go like the square. Like the square. But then the area It'll be is also four going. times brighter. But the, the area, area is going to go like the square. By a factor of four. Wow. Yeah. So, so, <laughs> so the whole system is getting brighter, but right. the surface area is remaining the same. Right. So it is not going to be more apparent to you in the night sky <laughs> than our own Milky Way is mm -hmm. on our own night sky. Mm -hmm. right. I'm very sad to report that. <laughs> I'm just sad. But it'll look cool. It'll look cool. No, it'll just still be fuzzy. Can I see it? You got to get out of the city, get rid of the full right. moon. Now I see the colliding galaxy. Right. No, I'm sorry. I'm very sorry about this. Okay. Jenna, I'm That's sorry right. to report this. That's right. I'm, I'm, you know. It'll just look like our own Milky Way galaxy. Mm hmm. Yeah. If Andromeda were right here next to yeah. us, it right. would just look like our Milky Way in yeah. the night sky, which yeah. you cannot see from New York which City. Which you cannot no. see from New York City. Okay. It okay. is true. Uh, Oh, well. But you can see it with one of those apps, like you can just, you know, you can <laughs> hold, hold it. Up, it could hold be up like your smartphone. Hold up your smartphone. You have to hold up, and it could be like down there, and it'll show you like a beautiful. Show you Andromeda on its yeah. way, and you pump up the the the, right. the intensity. Who needs eyes? <laughs> <laughs> I love Overrated. It, you know it is true. I'm we, we are practically blind. This is the new what? model for astronomy. Yeah. Who no, needs who eyes? Needs eyes? <laughs> we're, we're becoming cyborgish. She you is know? so right on this. Chuck. <laughs> yeah. Chuck. We Cool glasses. As the, as the centuries went mm -hmm. on, we discovered how blind we actually were. Right? Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. All right. There we go. Okay. Let's move on to David. Oh, by uh, the way, go ahead. those Hubble photos. Yes. If you go to those objects... You don't see what the Hubble saw because the Hubble sees better than you do. Right. A lot better. A lot better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, if you could just like stare at it for 10 days. Or if your eyeballs were like, right. like gargantuan. Gargantuan. Then yeah. it'll look like what the Hubble sees. Right. Yeah. All right. Cool. All right. Uh, this is David Eduardo Perales Martinez. Who wants Ooh, to? Oh, you know, did good there. Yeah, well, not bad. You know, my wife. Let me hear. My wife is Puerto Rican. So, <laughs> so, so you get a little bit of, let me hear that again. Go, uh, David, or would or would be David Eduardo Perales Martinez. Martinez. Yes. Uh, who says this? Um, why is it so hard to prove the existence of other dimensions? Thank you, David from Mexico or yeah. Mexico. Um, so I want to. Ask that a slightly different way. Yeah, go ahead. If there was another dimension as big as the three that we're in, mm -hmm. would it completely manifest to us? Probably. There's a hitch. So you would think, yes, as long as that dimension was very large, then we would be talking about a world in which this did not confine us, right? So, so, so let's say I have skin, which seems to separate my inside and my outside. But if or there was another, see right inside you. If right, if there was another dimension, you mm. could do like one of those spooky surgeries without yeah. puncturing any skin. You could just like go in there and touch people's organs. Like this would not be a separation of inside and outside. Well, there's also an, an analogy to that is mm. if you're only live in two dimensions, then you only have sort of heightened with uh, heightened. You have height. And width, but not depth. Right. Mm -hmm. So if you don't have depth, when I if I look at you in two dimensions, I can see all your organs. Mm -hmm. oh. For you, for you, I can just skin reach in and pull out your spleen, oh, yeah. or whatever. You operation. can't. You, yeah, operation. Operation. you can't see, 
Because right. you're in the, t and all you see is the outer skin, which is just a line. Which is gotcha. just a line. Yeah, and now is, our outer skin is a surface. Right. Right. So, mm -hmm. which is why, you know, you can't actually probably have a very uh, effective organism in just two dimensions. Because, let's say they had <laughs> a mouth and uh, a tube going all the way through them, it would actually cut the two sides in half. Yeah. So you can't have what we consider to be normal metabolic functions of... Okay, anyway. You know what else you, you don't have? You don't have porosity in two dimensions. Okay, yeah, you tell can't me have what porosity. porosity is. Oh, uh, so if you drop water on soil and then it just soaks in. Right. Or you drop it on a sponge and it soaks in. Okay. Mm -hmm. In two dimensions, there's no such thing as... Like, there's no, no soaking. Thing. There's no soaking. No soaking in. Right. So you just have a bulb of water. Bulb of water, correct. Sitting on top of it. Because porosity enables... Um, you have two... Let's say two rocks are touching here. Mm-hmm. But then the water can just go around another side of the rock. Right. Mm -hmm. But in two dimensions where they touch, there is no way past it. And right. It'll just stay above it. Is that where you're able to smell what the rock is cooking? Okay. I'm oh my sorry. God. No, I'm, I'm we're so like, sorry. we're like, <laughs> that was, don't worry. <laughs> so, so, well, here I will tell you this that some, <laughs> some people argue that the reason why the universe is three dimensional is because the universe tries to be many different ways. Like, well, there may have been an infinite number of Big Bangs in the past and the future. You can't really talk about it in temporal relativeness. But if the universe created a two-dimensionally large universe with all the rest rolled up and small, you couldn't have organisms in that universe to ask the questions. Wow. So you'd need at least three. And then let's say you had four spatial dimensions. Then you have the problem of things drift away from each other in such a way that it's hard to have organized systems. So just like Neil is describing, a two-dimensional creature isn't aware of the third dimension, but if they became aware, they could just kind of float away from their city, right? It becomes, you have more volume of space to fill. Mm -hmm. and the cross-section for interaction goes down. So now if you add another dimension, the cross-section for interaction goes down again. So it could No, no, be but we, we successfully exist in three dimensions in spite of the challenges the two-dimensional creature would face mm -hmm. upon accessing a third dimension. Right. So why... Maybe three is optimal. Why don't four-dimensional creatures pity us? Yeah. <laughs> um, right. Well, that's... that. I mean, that is a good question. Could the complexity... Like, I'm just... I'm not saying they're true arguments, but some mm -hmm. people argue that you couldn't in the four dimensions get the successful complexity. And some of those arguments are... They get you know, complicated based on string theory, cross-sections and annihilations into photons and what's left over after all of these things in the Big Bang. It turns out that a tiny, only a tiny, tiny bit of stable matter is left over already in three dimensions wow. from the Big so Bang. so it could be. Wait a minute. <laughs> Let me kind of agree with what you just said, even though I just yeah. disagreed. Uh -huh, okay. yeah. <laughs> what you're saying is, in three dimensions, it could be optimal for particles to get together and make molecules mm -hmm. and molecules to make macroscopic objects. Mm -hmm. If you add a fourth dimension, mm -hmm. you're adding a degree of freedom of where things can hang out and possibly never then find each other. Yeah. Wow. Ever it, it again. Way, if you think about the volume of the universe is going up radically with the volume of dimensions, yes. then you're diluting everything in the, the universe The concentration of what could be. Ooh. But, uh, but there, so, any, so, these so, arguments so like, the fact that yeah. you're even... Asking that question means you are a being in an optimized universe to even pose the question in the first place. So the two-dimensional people couldn't ask this question? Right, because they couldn't be two-dimensional right. people because the structures are too simple to allow. And four-dimensional people, there's too much... Too, too, much too much play space. space. Right. So let's take it. Let's take you, your first question was: Would we know it if the other dimensions were large? Here's the hitch. You would think we would, but here's the hitch. Uh, even if all of those problems 
were solvable. Um, there is an argument that we could be glued to a kind of a membrane, which is a three-dimensional surface floating in yeah. this higher dimensional space. And, and we're so like glued glues to there? it. Uh, it's the Elmers. The, <laughs> the, <laughs> the way the fundamental forces work between... Um, they keep us they, there. They keep right. us on the membrane. And the only wow. thing that happily goes off the membrane is is gravity itself. Right. Oh, man. So that all other forces are glued to this membrane. That's wow. where they live. So that you would think like a particle to you interacting with that membrane could be a string in the higher dimensional space. Passing through your space, who's manifesting end, right, as a particle. Manifesting as a particle. So, like, imagine cutting a string; you would it would look to you like a dot, right? An infinitely thin string. So and, and that I was, is so wild. The way I think about it in physics. two dimensions, yeah. I think of passing a a hollow sphere through two dimensions. What would that look like to the two dimensional people? Mm -hmm. They'd see a dot and they'd say, "Well, that's cool." Yeah, right. Oh, then it becomes like a circle, circle. and it gets mm -hmm. bigger and bigger and bigger. Then it maximizes out at the diameter, but they don't know this. And then it gets smaller, then it gets a point and disappears. Mm -hmm. and, and they have no idea they have no that idea. a big sphere and, and just and all kinds their of whole mystical, existence. magical hypotheses right. come out. Yeah. And the scientists analyze it. Yeah. And we just say stuff pops in and out of existence. We don't know why. So, one of the, yeah, absolutely. So, one of the things that we've worked on with extra dimensions that make them not just an oddity, but maybe something like we've already that. observed. One of the things we've worked on on our extra dimensions. This is, this, <laughs> Jana, what's As in your you basement? <laughs> this is, she's um, a superhero nemesis right. character in the you making. Know, my superhero character name is Jan Eleven. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Isn't it good? And it's a prime number. Jan. I mean, I've got to work that. Somehow. No, no, no. You don't want to be the super. You want to be the nemesis. Oh, that's, that's way fun more fun. Too. It is you can way be diabolical fun. with the science. That's oh, Jan yeah, Twelve. <laughs> <laughs> My evil twin, Jan Twelve. Evil twin, Jan Twelve. So, um, so the interesting thing there that we people have thought about is that maybe something like dark energy is actually a quantum phenomenon trapped in the extra dimensions that we can't perceive the extra dimensions directly, but we're indirectly perceiving them through the dark energy. Or, or dark matter is regular matter in the higher dimensions leaking over. Into, and, uh, right, and through just, this membrane. And we're which just the doing this, and it's just mysteriously there. Yeah, yeah we people have definitely wondered so if gravity dark matter can have to do with the extra dimensions. So gravity is the thing that is the medium? Is that, is that the deal? Gravity is space-time, so gravity can't be confined. Gotcha. To, Otherwise, there would be no meaning to the extra dimension. Stupid. You so, know. <laughs> Everybody so, knows that. Right? Was that Chuck? So, that was your problem. Chuck, we got to take a quick break. Okay. When we come back, more with Jan 11 on the edge of the universe <laughs> and beyond when Star Talk returns. <laughs> hey, we'd like to give a Patreon shout out to the following Patreon patrons. Roy Hill Percival, Jose Clark, and Dr. Janet L. Walsh. Thanks so much, guys, for helping us make this little trip through the cosmos. And if you would like to support us on Patreon, go to patreon.com. We're back. Star Talk, Cosmic Queries, the edge of the universe. There's only one person in arm's reach out there that who could do this, Jan 11, Jana. She's our go-to person. <laughs> yes. For I love dimensions. being the go-to person. It's the best. <laughs> totally the best. I have actually written papers on extra dimensions. It is a genuine a <laughs> direction in my, pardon the pun, in, the, in my research is to think about so this. So when she disappears, 
We'll know. We'll know. We'll know. <laughs> Wouldn't that just be so cool? Yeah, you just. But go, just like got up and then like went into the fourth dimension, and this, then might this just is disappear. How <laughs> Monsters Inc. worked. Yeah. Monsters oh, yeah. Inc. Oh. These are doors. Yeah. That came out of the factory. Right. This was an uncelebrated fact of that movie. <laughs> These are four-dimensional <laughs> portals. portals. They're basically wormholes. They're right? amazing. Each door, this is the door to the kid's room. And the yeah. monster takes it home at the end of the day, and they open the door, and on the other side of the door is the kid's closet. <laughs> right. Nice. Okay? So great. And then they come out in the closet, scare the kid, go back through the door, and they're back at home. It is a great movie. Yeah. Great. Okay. <laughs> I All right. love it. All what right. Else you got? Let's, let's, let's go to, well, you know what? Let's go back to a Patreon patron. This is... Uh, um, Solarcero de Rai, okay, who says, what do y'all think about the... <laughs> you like that? <laughs> what do y'all think about the idea that matter consumed by black holes has been recycled and manifested back into the universe as dark energy? So matter coming out the other side, maybe. Right. Okay. So is there any correlation between the matter consumed by black holes and dark energy? Um, could black holes and dark energy, dark matter, be different sides of the same coin? Well, uh, I mean, where to begin with this? Well, so right, I, this we is a can, lot. I right, can lead can off say, by saying there's an urge to take everything you don't know and assume it's related. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I've got people talking Ooh. about dark matter, right. consciousness, God, right. and, and dark and, energy all right. as one thing. Right. So and, they, and quantum and quantum spookiness. Yeah. Right. Someone asked me when they take ayahuasca, is it possible that they have gone to a higher dimensional space? Mm, okay. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> but <laughs> my answer to in an attempt to not be totally dismissive was to say, well, if it's a platonic form that we can learn about by exploring the mind, then in that sense, maybe. Right. Right? Like a perfect circle doesn't exist in reality, nor will a perfect circle ever exist anywhere in the universe. But you can touch it in your mind, right? Right. And it's an experiment we can all perform so that in that sense, we go places. Unlocking secrets in the mind, if not secrets of the the physical universe itself. Yes. Yes. In other words... You high. <laughs> so, so, what do you say about dark matter, dark energy? So, okay, so, the, so let's just start Anything with dark. the with the falling in, coming out. In a, so there right. it, there were very early on people who thought uh, a black hole could be bigger on the inside than the outside. It could be as big as an entire universe on the inside. It could actually lead to a white hole, which is basically a big bang. So, so you fall into the black hole, and you you know that is completely confined by the event horizon. Nothing ever comes out, but inside it is like something as big as an entire universe. Right. Another universe. And that universe like will remain... Like, yeah, like a bigger on the inside. It's exactly. Than right. Exactly. It's just like Doctor Who's TARDIS. And, uh, and so we would never know about that universe. It would not con- communicate with us. Check, check, check Chuck's <laughs> street cred. TARDIS is an acronym for what? Oh, no. Oh, I can't no. remember at all. Uh, phone booth in London? Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Time... Uh, time and uh, relative dimension uh, in space. Time and relative dimension in space. Hardest. Wow, cool. There you go. Okay. Usually go the nice and job. doesn't make it into the acronym, I'm just going to say. <laughs> you know. Okay, so 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 that was an interesting idea, and a lot of people object to it because it, it, it in some subtle way suggests an unstableness to Big Bangs that might um, make it so that 
this world couldn't be stable if that were true. But uh, honestly, it's not completely off the table. There's a lot, you could talk to some very important early relativists, and they will still say that's what happens. Relativists, an expert on relativity. On relativity. Um, so then there's a separate, t totally separate question about dark matter. There is a suggestion that the black holes themselves could be dark matter, meaning uh, that they are invisible, like mm. dark matter is, technically. Um, and... Uh, and they could populate the universe almost arguably large enough to explain this missing mass, this missing matter. It's on the edge. It's definitely under pressure. Right, but there's a problem with like Big Bang nucleosynthesis. If it's ordinary matter... Mm -hmm. The black holes don't have to be made by collapsing stars out of ordinary matter. But you're absolutely right. We don't know how to make enough There's ordinary some matter. There's some right, issues. so they're not made from stars. So can, can I show you my black hole lunchbox? Oh, let's do it. Uh, <laughs> let's show you my... I want to know what's inside the lunchbox, An but I can never lunch. find out. You can, can if I? you go in, <laughs> you she never will never come out. Come out. <laughs> yeah. If my hand goes in, will it never okay. come out? <laughs> 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 yeah, exactly. Okay. And inside of it is a black hole thermos, but of course. Okay. It is confusing. If you fall into a black hole like this, I guess you can't see your hands. It's very confusing. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, you will, yeah. You'll disappear in front of yourself. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So you have a black hole thermos, and it is filled with... Okay, so... Liquor. <laughs> <laughs> this is an inversion of the known universe. Because mm. in this particular case... Inside your black hole. I have the Milky Way oh, God. inside the black hole. No, you did not. <laughs> he yes, did I that, did. yes. No, you just yes, did I not did totally that. Did that I so you did not just did pull a Milky Way out, out of a black, black hole. <laughs> because the black holes are always inside the Milky Way. <laughs> I am just going to say that that was the most committed joke I have ever seen in my <laughs> life. That, I'm just saying... My, the, my for own, those of you who don't have a camera, I'm just telling you... Neil had an actual Milky Way candy bar inside of a black hole thermos. Okay, that's what inside you guys, my black hole inside of his box. black hole lunchbox. Okay, um, you're just jealous. That's all. I'm, I, I'm a little jealous, jealous of yeah. the black hole lunchbox. I'm definitely a little bit jealous. Yeah, it's kind of. Um, so the last question, which is pretty hard, is could they all be connected? The stuff that falls in and comes out. And classically, we would say no way. Event horizon separates everything from the inside the outside, but then there's like quantum entanglement right. across the event horizon. Maybe some particles on the inside are also the same thing as the particles on the outside. They're the same particles because of entanglement and wormholes and some crazy stuff that nobody really, it's all just very conjectural now, but maybe we'll come back in 20 years and we'll be and like, we'll figure that some, out. we'll have something for it. Yeah. We'll have the follow-up to this Cosmic Queries 20 years from now. Yes, we'll be, exactly. We'll roll us in wheelchairs, not you, but me and Chuck. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'll be doing my Generative medicine. <laughs> <laughs> so we gotta uh, go lightning, lightning round? round here, Chuck. Right. Let's do it. Here we go. So Janet, you're gonna answer your sound bites. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'm amped. Uh, this is Bunders85 on Instagram and wants to know this. I know it's off topic, but one of your last shows, uh, you were talking about the information on the surface of a black hole. What do you mean by information? Do you mean temperature or speed or what? What is, is information? information? Uh, Ultimately, we are completely definable in terms of our quantum numbers. It's just list of facts about us, information about us, and relative locations and, and organizations. My quantum, and number quantum numbers is 42. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, of course, Neil's is. So, so, so it's something as simple as so your mass quantum, electric like the charge. The number of atoms in my body. Well, is let's, that take, a... let's take a single fundamental particle in your body. It has mass, charge, spin, and it's identical to every, let's call it an electron in this case, every other electron, identical. One's right. not a little bit heavier, one's not a little bit lighter, okay. and we're completely definable in terms terms of that information and you cannot destroy that information. Interesting. And so so 
in quantum mechanics, you start stop thinking in wait, this. Wait, wait, if I melt Chuck, yeah, and he's a technically, puddle. Technically, all of that information is still in the universe, right. including it's just in arranged the heat differently. That's lost. It's just arranged differently. It's arranged. And oh my God! In that's, principle. Wait, 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 wait! No, no. How about the information? Thought, though that's an awful thought. thought. Yeah. If Chuck is a puddle on the ground, yeah. that's a different Chuck from the Chuck I'm talking to right now. How's that information still there? Yeah. So the I will never change. Well, technically, <laughs> technically, <laughs> changing <laughs> <laughs> having information preserved doesn't mean there can't be local change. Right, so I can definitely oh. change things locally, but I still have to have the same information to content. In the total system. In the total system. Oh, so I have to be able to reconstruct something. It doesn't mean that there's With no change. With what's in the system. With what's in the system. Got it. But yeah. you don't have to necessarily be able to reconstruct the exact same thing. You well, just have to be able to utilize the same information. Right. In principle, I should be able to, if I took a page of the encyclopedia and burnt it, I should be able to reconstruct it. In principle. Of course, nobody can ever really do that. Right. It would take longer than the age of the universe, and we don't have that kind of computing power. So there's physical impossibilities, but... Ignoring but, those complications. Ignoring <laughs> those complications. Um, but it's We've just solved teleportation. So for the black <laughs> right. hole, the argument is that what's actually might be happening is that the information as it's falling in, which is basically all, you know, every, everything, everything right. um, never actually makes it inside the black hole. It becomes encoded on the boundary, which is the event horizon. So it's actually a hologram. All right, so we're, we're I got lightning around here. Lightning, we got let's lightning. Okay, all right, all right. that was go, not lightning go. enough. That wasn't right, lightning that, enough. Okay, okay, here we go. Um, <laughs> that was this like, is Elias82 uh, from Instagram says, NASA reported that Voyager 2 discovered two new details about interstellar space. How does that change our understanding of dark energy beyond our solar system? Or does it? Um, it probably doesn't because it, it isn't a detector of dark energy or dark matter. We have no detectors of dark, dark energy or dark matter yet. None successful. And so what, but it is amazing that is the first human-made object that's gone interstellar. And that really is quite spectacular. It's just broken out of basically the sun's magnetic influence. So it's able to get cosmic rays and things that, that are protected in the solar system by the sun's we magnetic We used to think field. the solar system was how far out of the planets. And then you have like the Kuiper Belt of Comets, then you have the Oort right. cloud. Right. Then you say, well, really, mm -hmm. at what distance does an object no longer know that the sun is in this direction? Right because the sun has magnetic influences that go very far, and you reach the point where all the field measurements mm -hmm. are sort of in this soup that permeates the entire galaxy. And so it's a transition from the sun is this way to I got stars in every direction. Yeah. Right. And so... It's still moving so slowly that it will take what, 10,000 years to reach another? No, you know, no, no, 70,000 years. 70,000 years. All right. <laughs> All right, lightning round. Uh, this is from Robert, Robert Weber, who says, thanks so much for educating and inspiring us. What news in science do you find most interesting and important right now with respect to your field? Wow, Ooh, that's a one. great question. Well, we do live... In a soundbite. Yeah. <laughs> we, we are in a very lucky time because we have discovered bare black holes in this miraculous way. Um, so I do think that the most exciting and things have to do... one of them has a Milky Way inside. One of them has... Yeah. <laughs> is, is, yeah, is eating Neil's Milky Way. Um, so I do think it is where the small meets the large, and it will be that, that way for a long time, meaning what the Big Bang tells us about dark matter and dark energy and the universe on the larger scale and why those things are folded together, thinking about the, the universe on the biggest scale and on the small scale. So where quantum physics meets general relativity... For sure. ...is an unresolved territory... That's right. And so that's why we use all these really it's extreme the settings. Lands. Right. If you wanna if you wanna understand where quantum mechanics meets gravity, you gotta do it in the Big Bang or on black holes. All right. Okay, Next Jack. here we go. This is Pablo. 
Gristensko. I don't know, Pablo. I'm sorry. Uh, can you please help me put inside my head one more dimension? Three is fine, but how can I grasp more? That's a. Uh, what do you do with people? What do you do with people to, to let them I understand? Think I think it is absolutely imperative that everyone understands that nobody can just blanketly visualize higher dimensions. We're accustomed to looking at dimensions from the outside looking down. We can't do that. Right. So, what we can do are the kinds of things that Neil was describing earlier, which is imagine three dimensional cross sections of things. So, visualizing a hypersphere, which is a higher dimensional sphere, as an intersection of it with our three dimensions, and it would be. Be a series of cons it would be a series of spheres ever growing right that would max out and right. then spheres would go back but the one last thing is to do the to do the difficult uh example of being a flatlander and you will actually just by going down a dimension start to get it yeah, yeah yeah and i can add that if uh, i've said this in a couple of star talks before but there's another moment to do so if a line is bounded by points mm -hmm. and a square is bounded by lines and a cube is bounded by squares, yes. then a hypercube is bounded by three-dimensional cubes. Mm -hmm. The right. sides it's of a hypercube are three-dimensional three cubes. cubes. Mm -hmm. Right. Gotcha. And you just and you so it's always, mathematically you just work you your just way keep up. Going up. You just keep going yeah. up. And the right. math will take you there. There, that's there math. you go. Math will set you free. There you go. <laughs> okay. This is a real example where the math makes it a lot easier than yeah. trying to visualize okay, it. Okay, there you go. Said no one ever. <laughs> <laughs> Math. Let's, let's convert this to math to make it easier. That's so great. It's for higher dimensional differential geometry. That's All right, awesome. go. Okay, this is uh, Eric Svensson. Mark Eric Svensson. Uh, he says this. Um, Neil, you have said before the dark matter should really be called dark gravity, and it really stuck with me and helped me understand it better. Do you have a similar and alternate name for dark energy that better summarizes the phenomenon? I'll give it a, a shot, but I want to hear, hear... Let's see what Jana says. What Jana says. Jana! I, I would say, I would just call it um, dark expansion stuff. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know what it's energy. Dark we don't stretching, stretchy stuff. Dark stretchy, <laughs> but definitely dark gravity is, is what dark matter is. Gotcha. It is literally dark gravity, and I'm totally cool with that. Are you totally cool with that? Totally cool with well, that. Is a neutrino dark gravity? Uh oh, sure. That's a form of dark matter. Like we have examples of forms of dark matter that we have detected. They're just not plentiful enough to explain so much of it. Yeah, but well, there are things called neutrinos which we do detect, and they are dark, meaning they don't interact with light. Right. Uh, I wouldn't call neutrinos dark gravity. Wow. I'm pushing back no, on that. pushing back. That's messing with me. Let me tell you something. That was rough, man. Uh oh, you, you got front row seat on yeah, I'm nerd fight. <laughs> right now, I got my popcorn. I'm just like, mm, nerd fight. Oh, this is good. I will jump in with the dark energy, though. What if we thought of it as like an invisible ocean? Because that's sort of what the dark energy is around us all the time. And it's it's as though we're in a storm of dark particles the and dark energy bath. it's just the that it's bath. it's really that it's invisible yeah. is the thing you can see right through it okay. it's not that if you had it in your hands it would look dark right it, it's invisible right right so yeah so <laughs> both dark and energy really don't apply we need a better yeah. name for it <laughs> yeah okay yeah. there you go so it's really in the vacuum name. vacuum bath right. <laughs> next one all right last one last one, last one real uh, fast okay 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 jenna okay, half go. a sound bite here okay, we go, go. Uh, this is Hector Salazar, who says this. Can other universes influence or overlap with our own? And is there any evidence that this might be happening? This would be 
the parallel universe. Yeah, very speculative, but if you consider a universe, let's say we're floating on a three-dimensional membrane in a higher dimensional space, and there's another one of those floating also in the higher dimensional space, parallel, or right. in some sense. And now, it has, do they both share this membrane you're talking about? No, they're different membranes. Two separate membranes. Two so separate in that membranes. sense, we would okay. call them universes. Right. And yes, it is possible that they have interacted in the past and that there would be some archaeological record of that or in the future. If they intersect, is there an intersection line, mm -hmm. a three-dimensional line? In which you live in both universes. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like a party wall. Ooh. So technically, if you mean by universe the galaxies and everything you see, and not the whole space-time, then technically, yes, two universes, two membranes can, can interact can and, can, and can coexist. I, I want, I want that. Yeah, I like the idea of living on the boundary between two universes. Yeah. Only if the people in the other universes aren't a-holes. <laughs> <laughs> and as long as the laws of physics there are the same, same as, as yours. Because you don't want to de decompose into a uh, puddle of goo. Yeah, yeah, that would be bad. Yeah, that would be bad. If the charge of the electron is different. Yeah. Bad. Bad. <laughs> Very bad. Bad universe. Stay away. We got to call it quits there. Oh, Jen, always good to have you on, Jen. It's always fun to be here. We don't have you enough. Oh, and I love Chuck, it. thanks. So much fun. Good, so much fun. Jen yeah. 11, uh, professor of physics up at Columbia and Barnard College. I'm Neil deGrasse Tyson, your personal astrophysicist, signing off for Star Talk, bidding you, as always, to keep looking up.